Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today I have a fun factoid for you. Did you know that a study by Intuit predicted half of America's workforce would be freelance by the year 2020? Additionally, the U.S. Census shows that more than a 30% jump in women business owners. What should women know who are thinking about becoming or are already entrepreneurs? Well, that's where today's guest comes in. Felina Hansen is a longtime entrepreneur and marketing maven. She's the founder of Hera Up, and that's a spa-inspired shared workspace and community for female entrepreneurs with locations all over the world. This as-needed flexible work and meeting space provides a pro- uh, a productive, rather, productive environment for growing businesses. The businesses support hundreds of freelancers, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits in over 16 industry segments. Air Hub was founded on the confidence that women are the future and women will be responsible for the next wave of prosperity in the U.S. Hanson and Air Hub have been featured in Inc. Magazine, BBC News, Forbes, and the New York Times. Welcome to the show, <laughs> excited to be here thank you yeah yeah no the pleasure is mine and i gotta say I, I love the name i'm very into greek mythology um <laughs> and even even more so after i just watched wonder woman but you know naming <laughs> your company Herob uh is something that i feel like there's probably a story behind so why don't you start off with your unique uh entrepreneur journey that led to founding Herob? So my journey as an entrepreneur really started as a child. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, My mom's an artpreneur, I like to say. She's a maker. And um, I really was raised in an environment that was what I sometimes like to call rebellious. That's a little bit of the title of my book (laughs) of being a rebel was modeled really after my parents who both uh, beat to their own drum, so to speak. I spent my 20s um, after I graduated from college in the world of startups. And as often comes with that journey, 
had the good fortune to get laid off three times by the age of 30. Two of the companies sold and one ran out of money. And so it was at that point at age 30 that I decided to take the leap and go out on my own, um, become my own boss, if you will. And as you mentioned in the intro, a lot of folks are predicting that um, a big portion of the workforce, some are saying 50, 60 percent, will be independent, uh, and that's knowledge-based workers, um, by 2020. And so I joined that uh, community of independent workers now about 13 years ago and definitely never looked back. I'm probably unemployable at this time. Um, but the path to launch Hera Hub came with uh, me running my prior business called Perspective Marketing. I did uh, marketing strategy work for small to mid-sized companies for eight years. And like a lot of folks, started that business out of my house, out of my spare bedroom. It's obviously convenient and cost effective. But over the course of eight years, I, I really struggled with isolation. I struggled with, you know, lack of creativity. I missed having a team and coworkers, if you will. Um, and, and really just over time found myself less and less productive working at home. And so I started to research um, space for myself and my business and really found one of two things. Either it was kind of the boring executive suite model where you walk down a you know long hallway into your own office and <laughs> you know don't talk to anybody and to me that's I might as well be working out of my spare bedroom at that point um, and then the other side of the spectrum this was in 2010 that was really starting to gain traction is this world of co-working space as it's now known and I actually went to a space to look at it for myself and it was really it was a cool space it was downtown San Diego it was hip concrete floors and brick walls and ping pong tables and beer kegs and, you know, super cool and hip, but it wasn't exactly my tribe. <laughs> so the long story short of it is I went and created my own space that I felt was conducive for not only what I needed, but also my community needed at the time. Wow. Wow. And then thus began the journey that you have right now. I'm um, fascinated by the idea that you help communities all over the world. How do you create a workspace that is something that people from different parts of the world can actually sign up to? Yeah. So, um, so I opened my first location in 2011 and pretty quickly um, decided to build something that was scalable. I wanted to build something that was bigger than myself because a, I saw the need in the market. Um, I saw the response that we were getting to this particular type of workspace, but also we're really, really strong on education, um, building a platform for our members. So it's really a business accelerator built into the co-working space. And then we have even programs beyond that uh, as well. But so I actually, in the first two years of business, built three locations here in Southern California. Um, A, again, because the demand was there, but B, I wanted to build it and break it and kind of put it through a stress test a few times to see what worked as we started to look at expanding um, and ultimately decided to expand the business model through a licensing model um, because I'm not the woman to do it in Sweden or in Washington, D.C. Right. or in Phoenix or these other cities we're going into. It's really 
I wanted to create a model that was replicatable and give somebody in another city who's passionate about supporting female entrepreneurship and building a platform, kind of the keys to do that based on our six years of experience and building this model. So, so yeah, so that's how we're doing it in Sweden. It's a licensing model. Um, we're looking at a number of other cities throughout the U.S. and we do get a lot of international interest. Um, uh, we chatted with a woman in Poland last month who was interested in the model, for example. And so um, really the goal is to not only create space for um, the female entrepreneurial movement, but also to connect women city to city. So I'm, I'm doing just that. I'm taking a group of women here from San Diego to Stockholm, Sweden this summer for strategic planning, part of the flight club retreat so we can connect with our Parahub sisters in Sweden. And we're really looking to just continue to multiply that as we continue to grow. Yeah. And for those listening, Felina is the author of Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent and Thrive, how to launch your dream business, which provides tools for resources to women in every stage of launching a business. Now, Felina, why women? Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple things behind this. So number one, I want to you know clarify, we are female focused, but we're, of course, not exclusive to women. And it's actually an important note because Recently, we've been writ up, written up with um, a co-working space, or I would call it more of a social club called The Wing in New York City, that's gotten a lot of press. And they are very uh, female-only <laughs> driven, um, where we, we, we love men. We you know, certainly want men to be part of this conversation around supporting women and female entrepreneurship. And so we do have um, a handful of gentlemen in our community as members. Um, so it's, it's really an opportunity not only to create space, um, the space that is conducive um, and attractive for women. So it's a spa-inspired workspace, um, very zen and very productive uh, with running water and candles and nice lighting and <laughs> <laughs> aromatic smells and things of that nature. Um, yeah. So it, it's definitely was you know built by myself and um, our team with a woman in mind but also it's really around creating an opportunity for women to truly connect with a like-minded community in a very safe supportive environment and so it's it's a bit hard to explain um, because it's a bit intangible but when we host you know workshops and events and the variety of things we do on a daily and weekly basis at Hera Hub, creating that that very supportive, open, collaborative environment that is um, it really allows our members to be vulnerable and ask the questions that they maybe don't feel asking uh, comfortable asking in other environments because they feel like they should know that or they should already have that you know piece of their business together. And we know business is challenging to say the least, and you know, surrounding yourself with a like-minded community that is really allows you to be open and vulnerable and supportive of one another is really important. So again, it's a bit hard to explain, but um, our members typically say it best just in articulating how it's helped them launch and grow their business. No, no. I mean, look, I'm, I'm a big fan of it already just because, you know, we've always known that 50% of the world's population is, you know, are women. And yet the opportunities don't tend to skew that way. And this goes beyond just the United States. It goes across different continents, different countries. So the fact that you're doing something to sort of incubate and harness these talents, 
Um, I think it, I think it's great, and I think it's something that we should see more of an uptick in. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you. No, you, you're you're so welcome. So, someone's listening here saying, "All right, I've got that bug. You know, that 2020 stack came to mind. I really want to start a business. You have ten things that people should know now. What are they?" Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it really depends. Are you asking more so, hey, when am I I'm ready to start a business or is, you know, the identification of that? What yeah. what specifically would be best? When they're, to- ready. they're ready to start and they, they want to know how they can launch their business in today's uh, digital and uh, digital age and age of globalization. Yeah. So a couple things that I put together when I when I really put the book together was what I found a lot. I taught college for eight years um, and I taught entrepreneurship and marketing. And what I constantly ran up against is I'd meet a lot of folks that wanted to launch a business, but they were overwhelmed by, you know, so many things that go into launching a business. And it's, it's scary, right? It's daunting. Of course. I mean, you know, and especially for folks that, you know, are gainfully employed and their families telling them, are you crazy? <laughs> You're not going to leave your job to go start a business, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of risk in that. And so, you know, the book really was not only to share my own journey as an entrepreneur, but also to share the advice of others who had launched their business um, and really kind of sharing that wisdom as it relates to some of the challenges that entrepreneurs have. And so, um, number one, I, I walk the reader through, especially for folks that are still in that kind of decision making process. So I, I know I want to work for myself, but I don't know exactly what I want to do. And so I take the reader through um, five different aspects of really looking at their own mindset, their fear around entrepreneurship really aligning their passions um, with potential business opportunities and then looking at both their strengths and how that can apply, but also, you know, how to create some vision for what they're doing and what their vision for entrepreneurship is. Um, And then the last part of the book is really looking at um, the nuts and bolts of how to do it, because again, it's, it can be really overwhelming. And so I actually created a 17 step platform called steps to startup.com that, uh, the reader can go online and walk through these 17 steps of building the foundation of their business. And it is a sequential process in my mind, um, meaning you really need to understand, you know, what the customer needs. Uh, number one, go out and talk to people, right? And, you know, look at the opportunity to create a business model around where the need in the market is. And then sequentially from there, really looking at building the foundation of the business to give somebody a a good footing and a lot of the steps in the process that I see people miss, if you will, when they show up at Hera Hub in so that, you know, they haven't done some of the things that they need to do to build that strong foundation. Um, and then lastly, I do talk about in the book kind of switching from an employee mindset to an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and that's, that's a big step, right? Because when you work inside a company, a lot of the accountability and the motivation is really created for you, right? You're part of the system or this process. And so as an entrepreneur, it can be tough sometimes for people to go from that, um, you know, being part of something bigger to, hey, the buck stops here. And I wake up every day and (laughs) I can do a hundred things, but sometimes I see people get 
kind of paralyzed by what direction to go in and how to take that next step. And that's really why creating that community around you is so, so important. Don't do it alone is really the main message. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing is it sounds like you've, you've, you know, talking a lot about focus and, and the importance of knowing what that is that you want to do and focusing on one thing at a time. Can you talk about what it means to lean out and why women need to do that? <laughs> yeah. So that is a play off of Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in that book, she really talks about, you know, hey, just hunker down, get your seat at the table, you know, be part of it. Don't, you know, don't shy away from raising your hand, so to speak, which is an important message to women, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, the counter to that is, you know, really what I've done and a lot of folks have done is say, you know what, the politics, the, you know, not being valued for my opinion, not being able to, you know, advance in my career the way I want to is, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm going to start my own thing. And so, you know, leaning out to start your own business. And that's, you know, it's number one, it's doable, right? I mean, we can create an idea and implement it to market pretty quickly um, in this day and age, which is awesome. Um, and so many women actually just did a survey with our community on this topic of, you know, why did you leave your job, as I like to call it? Why did you leave corporate? And a lot of times it has to do with just not being heard, not being valued, um, really hitting that proverbial glass ceiling, if you will. And so um, I think for a lot of us, men and women, we're saying, you know what, I don't want to play this game anymore. I'm going to go create my own thing and follow my dreams and passions. And that's that's why you know, millions of people are starting businesses every year and, and why those predictions, I believe, will be true, um, especially as it relates to look at like the millennial market. I mean, how many millennials do you know they graduate from college and they're like, I don't want to go work for the man. I'm going to, you know, drive for Uber and pick up jobs on TaskRabbit and, you know, create my own thing as opposed to going the traditional path of going to work for a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love it. You're talking about putting yourself first and letting go of having it all. Um, I guess just taking that idea of of just say, okay, I'm just going to do it. I've always thought of this. I'm going to start. And there are resources out there that are capable of making me create this lifestyle for myself. So I just need to jump and um, build myself up and pick it up as I, as I learn, fail, and succeed. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then how do you shift that mindset from playing it safe to taking the leap then? Yeah. I mean, number one piece of advice is find community. I mean, you just, you can't, I mean, because there's so many, I talk about this a lot in the book, like, you know, how do you keep doubters at bay? Again, there are a lot of people that are going to infuse their own fears into the conversation of, you know, I can't believe you're doing this. You're leaving your job and starting a business. Are you crazy type of thing? And you know, I think for a lot of folks, we get to a point in our career where we get comfortable in the money we're making. And, you know, we've created a, you know, amount of obligation around us in regards to keep supporting that lifestyle. And that's why I always say I got lucky. I got laid off three times. (laughs) 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There was no choice in it at the end of the day. I needed to step into, you know, taking control of my destiny, so to speak. And so, um, you know, it, it really has to do with just being around the right people and understanding that people are going to doubt you. There are going to be a lot of doubters um, but you have to surround yourself with a community who's doing the same thing. It's so, so critical. Community is key and making sure that you are around people to build you and not tear you down. You know, they, there's a yes. saying, yeah, there's a saying that goes, uh, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Um, and I can mm-hmm. usually, you know, you know, determine your possibility and your capabilities by the five people you surround yourself around. And it sounds to me like even this co-working space that you, that you have in this, this idea of community is something that you are truly leveraging um, on a personal side, but on a professional side as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've talked about that mindset from playing it safe to taking the leap. And there's a transition from fear to future. That's also another thing that you talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Two F's. One F is a good type <laughs> of F to get. <laughs> um, uh, fear to future. Well, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, fear a lot of times comes from the past, right? It's and and women, I will say, and there's been some studies done that, um, you know, risk taking, you know, fear of failure is um, a little more ingrained a lot of times in women than it is in men for for a variety of reasons, right? I mean, there was an internal study done by Hewlett Packard. Uh, where they were looking at folks that internally were applying for jobs, you know, trying to move up in the company. And uh, the the net net of the research was essentially women would pretty much only apply for jobs if they had uh, about 100% of the qualifications or most of the qualifications that were listed in that job description. Whereas men, by and large, would apply for jobs when they were about 60% qualified, <laughs> they, they checked, you know, over half the boxes in regards to the qualifications. And really what came out of that study, there was a lot of, you know, 
people kind of poking and prodding to see the, you know, what's underlying that. And it really came out to uh, fear of failure uh, for women being, you know, putting themselves out there and, and then not, you know, you know, landing the job, so to speak, and having people, you know, look at them and say, Hey, you, you didn't make this, you didn't do this. So for them, it was easier to just kind of stay put. And, and really that, you know, fear of failure is, you know, it's, it's coming from the past and experiences where looking out into the future can be, I don't know, for me, it's exciting. I'm, I'm very future thinking. I'm always thinking about what's the next thing. How can we change? How can we grow? And that's really the entrepreneurial mindset and, and what folks have to be able to embrace if they want to become an entrepreneur is really not being happy with the status quo. <laughs> always be asking questions, always challenging what is, always looking to the future of saying, how can I make this better? And I'll say it, not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody thinks like that or wants to think like that. And so that's one of the biggest pieces is, do you have a mindset of you know, looking forward into the future and being able to say, yeah, you know, I failed in the past. It's okay. I, gosh, darn it. I fail daily <laughs> as an entrepreneur, right? I mean, I'm making mistakes all the time and that's just part of the journey and you have to be okay with that, but not everybody is comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I think back to my entrepreneurship journey, initially it was the fear of failure. Uh, and then, I had a near-death experience, and my fear of failure transitioned into fear of actually not achieving my potential, and then that's mm -hmm. that's what uh you know fuels me on a daily basis. But that fear of failure is uh is such a crippling um you know self-defeating motive because then you you don't you know you've sort of created this idea of what what happened to your you or your business without actually starting. And you're like ah well what if I fail what if I fail and you live in that what if. Um, so I try not to have an if only um uh, statement and and uh, let go of the what if statement so yeah i love that you're 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 sort of transitioning and encouraging entrepreneurs who are thinking of starting one thing is let go of having it all put themselves first change their mindset from playing it safe to taking a leap and then transition from fear to failure i think those are very three key concepts into uh entrepreneurship in today's digital age where everything is so fast moving um, and things could switch at the snap of a finger if you're not careful. So for sure. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, we're getting ready to, to, to wind down here, but there's some other things that I'd like to talk to you about. You obviously, you have an amazing co-working space. Now, the, the benefits um, of co-working space over working from home, what do you think that is? You had talked about how you needed that community. Um, I'm very curious as to maybe you could expound on that. Sure. Yeah. So it, it comes down to a few things. Um, the community is obviously the biggest piece of it. In my mind, I, we always say we're, you know, community first and space second, um, because truly there's a lot of options out there in regards to space to work outside of one's home. Um, and so the, benefits obviously come in regards to having that support structure. Um, sometimes in the world of co-working, we'll say working alone together, you know, feeling that support, being able to bounce an idea off of somebody, being able to get feedback on, you know, a new idea or, a, you know, proposal that you have out to a client or, Sometimes we'll have the conversation around how do you fire a client? <laughs> I mean, all equally as important, if you will. 
And so just really having that sense of I'm not in this alone, I think, you know, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but, you know, the world of social media that we live in, which is great and provides a lot of value and a lot of opportunity to connect with folks around the world also, I think, gives us a little bit of a false sense of connectivity when it's really important to still have those in-person connections and, and get out of your own space and view things from a different perspective. Um, I will say also, I you know went through a, an experience pretty young in my life where you know I definitely shouldn't be alive right now. And that, that opportunity to have that perspective on everything I do also drives me, um, certainly. And so just being able to to be around people that think differently is so, so important, especially as it relates to business. Um, So community first and then productivity. Our members say on average that they're 60% more productive when they work out of the co-working space than when working from home. And obviously as an entrepreneur, you want to get more done in less time. So that's clearly an important piece as well. Um, But last but not least, that that community that drives, we've seen new businesses start, we've seen, you know, many of our members get funding through other members and building their, you know, team and their board of advisors and making connections to so many other resources. I mean, just in San Diego alone, we have 350 members who are consistently sharing and growing and, you know, supporting each other. And so, you know, whether you, you know, whatever co-working space you have in, you know, your city for folks that are listening, it's so important to find one that is community focused. I mean, look, when you walk into the space, are people connected to each other? What's the vibe? Um, Or is it just another place to go work? Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's so key. And, you know, just bouncing off ideas is, is something that's great. But any any movement there's ever been a great movement always started with community and it started with yeah. an idea that was seeded in and then you built a follower and that follower became a leader. And then it just sort of set up this chain reaction. So creating that environment where like-minded people of different backgrounds can share different ideas, just sort of amplifies whatever movement that you could be harnessing right there. At, uh, exactly. Yeah. At Hera Um at One of the, the most I probably the most popular question I get a lot of times is how do I find my life's purpose? You know, I'm trying to figure out what my passion is. I don't know. I mean, I know I like this. I know I like that, but I don't know how to start a business around that. I've seen all these, to your point about social media being only what people want them to see. I see all the people on Instagram and Facebook. They seem to be having the life that the guy is riding a Bentley that that lady just launched another company. Um, but people seem to have a hard time figuring out and, and, narrowing down what it is that their passion is and then leveraging that passion into a business. What do you say to uh, people trying to discover this purpose? Yeah, that is the the million dollar question or the hundred million dollar question, whatever, (laughs) however you want to articulate it. The one billion dollar question. The one billion, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and that's, it's different for everybody. I mean, that's part of the challenge. Um, Looking at just a few key questions, though, that can help somebody kind of hone in on the passion, you know, where their passion is. And then that next step, of course, which is well beyond just what your passion is, but how do you create that into a purpose? 
Um, and for me, I'll just say that came together not until my late 30s, until I really started to listen to the things that drove me. And so, you know, one of the first questions is, you know, if if you you know have free time, what are you totally focused on? What do you just get lost in for hours and hours um, you know, outside of your work or within your work, it doesn't matter. I mean, what really makes you feel passionate and alive, so to speak, is kind of the question. And so for me in particular, that was that was education, that was teaching, that was I used to run an organization called Ladies Who Launch here in Southern California. And it was a, a four week program to help women through their idea and, and get it launched, you know, building a business, you know, hopefully that they could, you know, take that leap after that four weeks, so to speak. And I just absolutely love that. And so infusing that into Hera Hub was a big part, a big driver, so to speak, and bringing that together. Um, and for me, that's, transpired into really my mission, so to speak, of the company, which is to support over 20,000 women in the launch and growth of their business by 2020. And that's being done through our expansion, through the the licensing that we're doing both nationally and internationally, and also the opportunity with writing this book last year and sharing that and speaking and um, even right now working on getting that book into and the steps to start a program in a, a high school entrepreneurship program. And so <laughs> inspiring the next generation uh, to build and grow a business and follow their dreams. Um, so, you know, it's really just it's listening it's stepping back and taking the time to, you know, really look at what do you really, you know, what do you what? gets you excited, so to speak, and and writing that down and listening to that and, and following that thread. I think a lot of us are so busy doing a billion things that we don't even take the time to listen to that. We're just on that treadmill, so to speak. So um, that's, you know, it's pretty simple, but it's extremely complex all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Listening and taking inventory of what it is that you uh, enjoy the most with you know, the least amount of effort sometimes. And, uh, you know, what do you find yourself naturally gravitating towards? And it doesn't necessarily mean that if you play a lot of sports, you enjoy that you should be a uh, professional athlete. At least it didn't work for me because I always wanted to be a professional athlete. <laughs> it's more, I think for me, what I, when I was doing this exercise for myself is I figured out that what I loved the most about, about sports was the community and the fact that you could mm-hmm. connect across cultures, you know, in a sports team, it didn't matter where you were from. You were working towards a common goal to, you know, to win. And and that's sort of translated into the work that I do today is where you're bringing different change makers from different backgrounds to solve some of today's uh, world problems. And it's that sense of community that I picked up on. So it's understanding the nuance in what you want to do. Um, I think a lot of people get frustrated when they, they, you know, it's music or sports or things like that. And they're like, well, I tried out for 20 years and no one ever picked me and they didn't. I didn't make any team. So that means I lost my passion and that there's nothing else I can do. I think there's, exactly. yeah, I think there are malleable ways that you can, um, uh, you can definitely turn that and just deal with that. So, um, yeah, yep. great, great. Great point. Um, so before we go, I, I like to do some rapid fire questions with you. They're probably going to be three or four, not, not too many, but, um, who's your favorite type of leader? Oh, sorry. Favorite leader has type favorite leader. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. That's a, that's a good one. There's so many, there's so much going on right now. <laughs> there is so much going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me just put it this way. The, the concept that I studied when I first became an entrepreneur was that of servant leadership. Um, and it's a topic that's been um, growing in popularity, I would say. So just the idea of somebody who comes at leadership from more of a servant perspective, as opposed to a look at me perspective, <laughs> just put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you, you, anyone that champions the idea of servant leadership is someone yes. that you, you prefer. Um, okay, good. Uh, you've done a lot of, you know, you, you harnessed a lot of uh, talent from different parts of the world. Where is your favorite, uh, uh, country in the world to be in, to visit? Oh man. It's like asking who's your favorite child, right? Um, oh, wow. It's that <laughs> no, serious. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's, well, yeah, I, so I've been fortunate to be able to travel to about 25 countries. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, w- I would say probably the one that comes to mind simply, and this is thematic in regards to why I like to travel and where I travel to is Cambodia. Um, I really like to be out of my element. I don't travel to go lay on the beach somewhere and drink a pina colada. I travel to have new experiences and really open up my um, view of the world. So I like to be challenged a bit when I travel in regards to, you know, currency and food and culture and, you know, all of that comes together. So, so I'll say Cambodia. Cambodia. No, I used to live in Vietnam and for the same reason, that's the re- reason why I love Vietnam. It's just because it was the place that really expanded my worldview and you just get to you get to see things from a different perspective, but on a much more magnified level. Uh, it wasn't something yes. I was expecting initially. Um, all right. And, um, the last question I normally ask my guest is my mission statement. Uh, and it's use your difference to make a difference. It's my purpose. It's the reason why I do what I do. So how do you, Felina, use your difference to make a difference? Yeah, it's, it's being razor focused on that mission of supporting 20,000 women by 2020 and that, that opportunity to inspire more people to launch your business. That's, that's what I'm doing every single day. Um, and it inspires me and hopefully inspires the folks around me. And you're doing a good job of that. She is the <laughs> author of Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent, and Thrive, How to Launch Your Dream Business, which provides tools and resources for women in every stage of launching their business. And she's also the founder of Hera Up. Now, where can we find out all these uh, things? Yeah, so Hera, H-E-R-A, hub, H-U-B dot com is uh, really kind of the best place to go to start off looking at what we're doing there as far as the co-working space and business accelerator goes. And the book website is just flightclubbook.com. All right, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. And can't thank you enough. I think I think the work you're doing is truly important. I think we need to Focus on creating opportunities for a lot of underrepresented people uh, in the world, and you are very well on your, on your way to to doing that. And you're doing that on a global scale as well, which is which is pretty much the intersection of the digital age and globalization uh, world that we live in today. So um, I want to commend you. Uh, I want to thank you for leaning out, leaning in, leaning in everywhere, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, thank you for just being you and being uh, the change maker that you are. Thank you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, till next week, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.